Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Figure It Out. I guess this is also kind of a spooky Halloween episode. My name is Marlena. I am two thirds of a forensic psychologist. I live in Portland, Oregon, and I own a cat. And uh, my name is Lina Fredström, and I am a public servant hailing from Stockholm. And I wonder, is it really, really uh, like embarrassing to say hailing from? Is that like a Tinder profile? No, I actually, I thought it was very cool. Okay. I was impressed. Okay, thank you. I'm kind of inspired by the sailing trip that I just came back from. So uh-huh. just want to throw that into the pot as well. We'll not keep that to our private conversation. <laughs> But this is our third episode, and Marlena, take yes. it away. What are we going to talk okay, about? Okay, so we're talking about cryptids. Woo-hoo. If you don't know what a cryptid is, it's like it's like a Bigfoot or a Loch Ness monster. It's any sort of creature that is believed to be real with no real evidence that it's real, I think is like the dictionary definition. Mm-hmm. And I found in my research the... Bureau of Land Management within the U.S. Department of Interior has an entire page on cryptids on its official website. That was the moral of that story. I <laughs> I was supposed to go to a UFO festival yesterday. What? And I was going to talk about it in this intro, but then I just bailed and didn't go. <laughs> That's terrible. That, that has to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you missed out on. Oh, they have it every year. Okay. <laughs> okay, next year we're doing UFOs. Mark the okay. calendars. Uh-huh. I think it'll be earlier next year because it was delayed this year for COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> but also I feel like, I don't know, a whole festival feels like a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I buy it. And I wanted, to, I wanted to decorate for Halloween, which is really why I stayed home. Mm. Relevant. It seems a little early for me. As a non-Halloween enthusiast. Well, I was going to actually wait until next weekend, but then like everyone else has started decorating already. Mm. So I was like, oh, we can't be left behind. Is Halloween the new Christmas? It's It has been for a while. Maybe it's, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry for being late to the to the party. Well, you don't get to, <laughs> you don't get to celebrate Halloween like we do, and I think it's the best holiday. Yeah. But you dress yeah. up as, a, you dress up as witches on Easter. Yeah. Exactly. So we, so we got That's that also instead. Cool. <laughs> you do you do nothing for Easter that I'm aware of. I think if you you go to church if you if you believe that. Okay. Yeah. No. Here we we do some he- hedonistic celebrations. I think you're supposed to like eat a ham on Easter too, which is not nearly as cool mm. as dressing as a witch. Yeah. Exactly. And going around threatening people. Is that part of the the tradition? <laughs> No, no, no. It's very similar to trick or treat. But I think there's actually no trick involved. It's just treat. You treat people to a nice Easter card that you've made yourself. And then they give you candy. No, there's no tricking in ours either. There used to be, though. For Easter? No, no, for Halloween. For Halloween. For trick or treating. Yeah. They started trick or treating because the youths were so out of control. And they were like, we need to give them something to do on this night. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) They and but they like they they led with the fact that you can trick you can egg people's houses. They were like, Yeah, you can trick or you can get a nice treat and then the the youths gave up Mm. on the tricking and just took the treats. Oh yeah. That's actually solid reasoning Mm -hmm. in uh, creating incentives for being good. it's been effective, yeah. Great policy work. Yeah. Yeah. It's some of the US's best work. And it's kind of, it's a, it's a global thing now. You you made it happen all over As the world. As it should be. So the youths are taken away. It's I, <laughs> away from It's the really a 10 out of 10 holiday. I think that it should be much bigger everywhere else. You guys are really missing out. Yeah, yeah. No, but we're working mm-hmm. on it. I would say it's, it's... It's getting there. It's making its way. Yeah, yeah. See how many Native Americans we'll see this year in Swedish Swedish streets. Is that, is that a popular costume choice? No, we actually we actually don't we actually don't dress up as as that anymore. Sweden was very quick to catch on to that. Love that. So hold on. I wanted to talk about aliens. Mm. Because I feel like they're they're cryptid adjacent. I have a whole theory about how cats are aliens, but maybe we should just save that for another episode. I think that that deserves its, its time. I want to dig deep into that. We'll we'll do an alien episode and yeah, I can talk for sure. About cats, but I think cryptids, if I'm not mistaken, isn't part of their deal that they're like extremely rare. Like there's maybe one mm. one specimen of the species in existence. Yeah. So so they're 
aliens I imagine you can have. I also, I feel like aliens exist on like a different plane of thought. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that like we, ha- we they're out there and we haven't found them. No, it, it is like that. It's not like, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> it's not like they're in space, but they're, they might be <laughs> hiding. They're, they're just different. Yeah. I feel like they could be lumped together, but they shouldn't be. No, exactly. So this episode is alien-free. Yes. Uh, cryptid talk. Yes. I live in a um in a Bigfoot capital though. Okay. I recognize or I realized that you said earlier a Bigfoot and not the Bigfoot. And I thought there was only one. No, no, th- there's a bunch of them. Okay. There's like a whole species. They make nests and um I don't know what else they do. I think, oh, they like they like little cakes. They like sweets. Okay, so despite their big feet, they enjoy small treats. Yes. Yeah. You can go leave them like a, a donut or something. Oh, very nice. And they'll, they'll enjoy it. Or like little little pies, like little fruit tarts they, they love as well. Yeah. No, I, I mean, why not? Are they like people? Or are they more like yeah, werewolves? I think, no, I think they're like... Um, they're like Homo sapien related. Mm. Is is the Mothman a Bigfoot? No. Okay. That that's something else. Yes. Let's let's get into that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make zero attempt to explain the Mothman, like what he is. How but he I need I need a lot of explaining because I know I'm gonna, nothing. I'm gonna about tell the you the story, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any attempt to like rationalize the Mothman. Okay. Okay. That's good. I don't need that. Okay, he's he's a singular, singular creature as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this story starts in West Virginia, in a small town called Point Pleasant. Is that is that an actual place? Yeah, they okay. they hold a, an annual Mothman festival now. Wow, but I like the name of the place. And they also they have a big silver Mothman statue, which apparently has like a. Very large, perky butt. <laughs> Is what that one of his identifying features? I've not seen anything where the original sightings of the Mothman include any like ass details. <laughs> okay, okay, but we can only assume that that's yes one of yeah. his many qualities. As soon as the reports came in, they were like, "Okay, large moth, <laughs> man-sized, glorious ass." <laughs> So it's November 1966, and there's five men in a nearby town, like a few miles away from Point Pleasant, that are digging a grave, which seems like that'd be a bigger part of the story, but it's not. <laughs> so we don't know who they were digging the grave for. No, and like, I, I can only assume this was legitimate, and they weren't just like... I don't know, murdering people and yeah, like <laughs> covering up their trail. But nothing nothing specifies. And so they report that while they're digging this grave in like the evening times because it gets dark really early, something like shadowy and large flies overhead. And they think it's bigger than a than a bird. So then we have these two couples. And I'm really bothered by this, but maybe I'm just wrong there so all i can find their names are listed as roger and linda scarberry and Stephen mary millette and i'm very bothered that there's only one last name per couple mm-hmm. because they're driving out into the middle of nowhere to do something in a car together i can only <laughs> assume these people are unwed <laughs> okay but are they in separate cars or are they going there all four together because then maybe they're swingers I believe it's it's two different cars. Okay, okay. But they both, on the same night, report the same thing. And also, it's they drive into this like, nature park mm-hmm. that's referred to as the TNT area because it's located on, in, like, wartime industrial land. And it's apparently full of just, like, underground bunkers of explosives. Okay. And that's, like, well known in the area. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> And so they're like, oh, yeah, let's go up to the TNT area and make out in the car. Like, <laughs> there's just a lot going on in this town. <laughs> Already, like, a lot of bad judgment from yeah. these people. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to keep that in mind. 
So they drive into this, I guess it's a wildlife management area, my notes say. They drive into it in their little cars and they're doing car things. <laughs> I like that you're censoring yourself. <laughs> you're trying to keep a PG-13. I mean, just because there's no evidence of exactly what they were doing. Okay, okay. So I don't want to, like, I don't want to get a lawsuit if they're still alive and they're like, we were not fucking in those cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be so bad if we were, like, I don't know, accused of slander from these, yeah. <laughs> from their kids. <laughs> I was not <laughs> created My in this car. grandmother would never... <laughs> So they report this large gray creature who looks like a giant moth with the legs of a man that, like, attacks them and chases them down the road. And they say that its eyes are glowing red in the headlights. Then over the next year, people keep reporting this same creature. It's, like, man-sized, it looks like a moth, and it has glowing red lights. More notably, two volunteer firemen, which I feel like is a trustworthy job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they report a very large bird with red eyes. Because mm-hmm. they're, I feel like they're trying to rationalize. Yeah, Mothman, yeah, exactly. Which... They're not going to say they saw yeah. Mothman. This guy named Newell Partridge. I love this guy. He says <laughs> that he shined a flashlight on it and it made its eyes shine like bicycle reflectors. And then it killed his German shepherd and made his TV stop working. <laughs> so I love how we've, we've brought back laughing at dead dogs. Yeah. <laughs> always a classic. Yeah, it's always going to be part of the, the banter of this joke. <laughs> and then this guy, John, John Keel, I don't know if he actually lived in Point Pleasant at the time. I guess I could have <laughs> done more research on him. He wrote a book about it. And in his book, he says that people start having these dreams around the Mothman time mm-hmm. of like, their friends and family dying or like car accidents or like buildings collapsing like things like that then in um december of 1967 so like a year and a month later mm-hmm. all the sightings of the mothman just abruptly stop so in point in point pleasant there's a um a big bridge called the silver bridge because it's silver yeah, yeah. I feel like they were going for, like, a Golden Gate Bridge there, but they... <laughs> they didn't manage. Yeah. The... It goes over the river and connects it to Ohio. So, December 1967, Mothman sightings have stopped, and the Silver Bridge collapses Ooh. during rush hour traffic when everyone's out Christmas shopping. I feel like that's a... People mention that a lot. Yeah, yeah. 46 people are killed. Two people are never found. And when they, like, tried to figure out what went wrong, it came down to one single eye bar. I don't know what the fucking eye bar is. That um, was in a suspension chain and had a defect of 0.1 inches or two, two and a half millimeters. <laughs> Thank you for that. I like that. You're welcome. I was thoughtful. That is that the same size as a regular moth? <laughs> I'm just trying to connect the, the pieces here. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'll connect. I'll connect the pieces. Okay, okay. That's not what you say. Is it connect the dots? Is what you say? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for it's a classic instance of me messing up your ability to speak English. Don't <laughs> <laughs> say this always happens. But basically, I think the justification was that this bridge hadn't been designed to carry that many people or like such heavy loads, and there was so much Christmas traffic, and it hadn't been properly maintained. So that's why it collapsed. Mm. And after this collapse of a bridge, this horrific incident, <laughs> people all over the world start like sporadically reporting Mothman sightings. No. He, he was linked to Chernobyl and 9-11. What? Okay. I'm freaked out. For some reason, I'm more freaked out whenever something like shows up in a completely different place. I don't know why. I just don't like the idea of, of things traveling. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to take a hard left turn, and we're going to talk about omens. <laughs> You're just going to leave it at that? Just like... <laughs> we're we're going to circle back. Frequently. Okay, okay. One of the things that I saw that Mothman has been, like, compared to is the Irish Banshee, which mm-hmm. 
is a female spirit. It heralds the death of family members. It shrieks. It wails. And most importantly, she wears a gray cloak and has red eyes from crying. Mm. So in Appalachia and West Virginia specifically, which is where this takes place, there's a lot of Irish and Scottish immigrants. That's who is mostly settled by. So one of the, I, I said I wasn't going to justify the, um, the Mothman, but I feel like it's important <laughs> to say that like one of the, the theories is that this Banshee mythology was brought over from Ireland with these immigrants and then it changed into its own thing once it became America. <laughs> mm. <laughs> changed into a man. <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> Actually, you know, they, they never... They never specify, like, no one's ever like, oh, yeah, that moth with the giant dick. <laughs> so for all we know, it could be moth woman. And I feel like it's offensive that <laughs> more sexism at work. That Shouldn't it's the moth describe man. gender in that sense. No. Yeah. Moth human. <laughs> moth person. The moth person. Yes. <laughs> so then if we go even further and look at moths just as a symbol or an omen, in specifically, like, Scottish or Irish folklore, mm-hmm. moths are known as, like, a, like an omen of death in a family. So mm-hmm. if a moth gets into your house, you're like, oh, my God, Grandma's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, because there's death head, death's head moths in Europe, which is deeply unfair to me because they are one of my favorite creatures of all time. What what are they? What did you call them? Death's head moth. I don't understand what your death said moth. Yeah. Okay. I'm it's Googling just a moth this. species. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They're like yeah. With the oh yeah, they actually have like a yeah, yeah. Like from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can have them. <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> They're one of my favorites. Um... <laughs> I, I would love to have them. I've thought about just, like, raising them in my house, but I think yeah. they'd be eaten by Doodle. <laughs> yeah. And I'd get really attached to them, and then they'd all get eaten. I know what I'm getting you for, for your birth. <laughs> I wonder if that's, like, super legal to smuggle in, if they're, like, a, a foreign species. Oh, I don't know. Definitely you couldn't bring it into California, I don't think, but I don't know about Oregon. I All of my knowledge of, like state laws are only California state laws. <laughs> and so I'll like tell I'm like, oh no, you can't you can't pick wildflowers here. It's illegal to pick wildflowers. And people are like, no it's not. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well if if we were in the better version of Oregon, <laughs> it would be <laughs> That's obnoxious in so many ways. <laughs> Telling people what to do and then not even being right <laughs> about the law. Anyways. Don't edit this out. I think people need to know. Your Californian <laughs> heritage. So, Death's Head Moths. I do want to quickly talk about them because I do love them a lot. But they're they're so famous for Silence of the Lambs, which I also, like, famously love a lot. But I don't <laughs> want people to think that I love them because of Silence of the Lambs, because I don't. I just think they're really cool. Okay, okay. But th- take this time. take your pla- Use your platform now and let people know. I came up with this whole, like, reason why I could love them. And then I, I started telling people that. And then after, like, the third person that I had, like, justified my love for them with this this reasoning... I was like, oh, this is actually extremely lame. Like, it'd be cooler if I just said I was a really big Silence of the Lambs fan. <laughs> because, so they're they're born, they're little caterpillars. Mm-hmm. They don't move very much. They stay pretty mm-hmm. still. And they eat nightshade, which is, again, oh, a yeah. circle. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice connection. And how, ca- how can that be? That's, I mean, I'm going to be- get back to creationism. Well, but that's, like, a really good connection with that. those. Yeah, they, they eat the, the belladonna and then they become poisonous. So then all the predators are like, oh, no, these guys are mm-hmm. no good. We leave them alone. And then they make their little chrysalists. They do whatever happens. Oh, is that like their little cocoon? Yeah. Okay. I okay. feel like we learned about moths in third grade science. And I'm still like, I don't know. They go in, they go in their little cocoons. There's some juice in there. And then they come out and they're, <laughs> they're beautiful. <laughs> but they come out and they, they steal honey from bees. And they scream. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> Do you have a recording? I don't have a recording. I should have been more prepared. 
You can you can always add one later add in. in editing. I'm I'm mm-hmm. counting on you to do this. <laughs> if there's like a copyright free version, I don't know. Uh-huh. Of a of a moth <laughs> screaming. <laughs> you want to give them royalties for for sharing their their voice. I I, I think they're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think you made you made a good case for them. Okay, I think they're they're definitely my favorite moth as of now. They're a great moth. Back to omens. This is gonna get really <laughs> really dark. It's gonna make people uncomfortable probably. So when my old cat died, his name was Juicy. He he lived at my parents' house after I moved out, and so when I came back to visit after he had died the first time, my mom said that she kept like seeing him out of the corner of her eye, and then she'd like turn to talk to him, and he wouldn't be there because he was dead. I was like, oh, do you think it's, like, a ghost? Actually, no, I, I, I didn't say it like that. I was like, do you think it's a ghost, or do you think it's, like, your brain just being so used to him being there that it's confusing memory with reality? And she said something extremely profound, which was, I don't think the two are unrelated. So, like, in my mind, I think omens are kind of the same thing. Mm. Of, like, the human brain wants patterns so badly. Yeah. And so it, it looks for patterns constantly and so it's not that like you can justify an omen as like your brain recognizes patterns it sees things that it recognizes as bad and then looks for things later that are bad to make that connection Mm -hmm. but i don't think that makes omens less real if i saw a dead crow and then later had like a horrible day i feel like that would give the power to the dead crow even if it doesn't exist naturally so my, my whole thesis is, was there an actual Mothman? I'm, in my notes, I say probably not, but I, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> was there a Mothman? Who knows? Did the silver bridge collapsing make the Mothman real? Maybe. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I like it. I think you created a very spooky vibe. <laughs> I feel like I, I believe in the Mothman now. Also, maybe the, those people who saw him. Maybe they were, like, channeling something through all the possibly dirty deeds they were doing. I'm specifically referring to the, the men who were obviously oh, hiding I, I thought I thought we were doing the um, the kids <laughs> in the car in, like, a horror movie kind of way of, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, true, true. I just, uh, I wanted to somehow seem like I wasn't slut-shaming them, but I was. <laughs> No, <laughs> it was the opposite. It was, I, wh- don't go into the car and into the area where teenagers hang out if you're married already. Right. Don't take their, their thing. You have a home. Yeah. That was in the go 60s. You could buy a home. <laughs> <laughs> we no longer have that luxury in this country. <laughs> no, exactly. Now you do have to do it in the car. <laughs> but that's because that is your home. Okay, I'm going to I feel like I'm going to I'm going to ruin this kind of nice uh, mystical tension that you've created with a more I was going to say reality based <laughs> that would be rude. Uh, with another another perspective. And um just because I didn't know what cryptids meant before we chose this topic and then I researched it and you gave me an idea for for a Swedish cryptid. Mm-hmm. Which is Storsjö Ojuret, it's called. I've looked into it, and it's nowhere near as cool as the Mothman. <laughs> Mothuman. It literally means the big lakes creature, Okay. I guess. Really, from my research, it seems like a cheap version of Loch Ness Monster. I feel like I disagree with that. The Loch Ness Monster gets all the glory, but there are a lot of like water monsters out there. Okay, true, true. They can't have, they can't have that thing. No, I agree. But this, I just, based on what I've read, I'm not that impressed. With that said, I'll give you a brief intro. And maybe you already know this. I don't. I literally, I was like, I want to do this topic so bad, but is there anything she can talk about? And so I just Googled, like, Sweden cryptids, and that was the first result. And I was like, hey. (laughs) But that's like the only result as well. I was like, I want to find another one. But I did find, I, I found another guy who was contacted by aliens but then i didn't choose that topic and that's good because if we're ever mm-hmm. doing another alien episode, i'm shocked then... that you guys don't have big feet up there yeah that's true but i wonder i mean i think there's some kind of interesting overlap or maybe lack of overlap between the 
just regular folklore and cryptids. Because cryptids mm-hmm. feel like modern folklore. It, yeah, I, kind I get of. that, yeah. Yeah, so, I I mean, we have ogres, I guess, or like trolls mm-hmm. in like mythology, but... That does, it feels very old-timey cryptid. But anyways, the, the Storsjö Ojuret is a lake monster from a Nordic lake, or a North Swedish lake up north. And it was first recorded in the 1600s and then described as kind of a large lake snake swimming around. And then in the 1800s, there was like a private company that was started with the sole purpose of defeating or capturing this animal. But at this time, it was more described as kind of a frog, <laughs> large frog animal. And the local government or like the local officials uh, in, the 80, in 1986... Uh, actually put it onto on the list of endangered species in the area, which I guess was some kind of weird joke, but that's that happened. But that was overruled in 2005 from the national <laughs> government said we can't have this kind of bullshit in our in our files. That's so 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 disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's no longer like on any on any list of endangered species. Some some fun facts about the Storsjö Ojuret is that it enjoys uh, or it likes to eat fish, potatoes, and cabbage. I love when they, like, specify the favorite foods of a cryptid. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we have no physical evidence, but we do know their favorite foods. (laughs) Yeah, we just kind of figured this part out. Yeah, and uh, apparently it likes heat, and it has this kind of... I'm sorry, I'm directly translating this, so if, if the... If it's kind of weird, I apologize. It has a kind of wheezing, whiny noise, but it can also be kind of like a clappering. Is clappering a word? But kind of like clapping okay. noise. And and I think that this was fun. They said it it seems to be a, an animal that likes going to bed quite early, or like <laughs> it it it's not nocturnal in any sense, because most of the sightings are between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Okay. Kind of honestly, that's that doesn't speak to its favor that it's not even a thing you see at night. You just kind of see it when you're on the way home from work, and you're like, "Yeah, what that that looks like a big frog or maybe a lake yeah, snake." Is it, is it a snake or a frog now? I think the latest uh, descriptions are that it's like a big lake or a big snake, but some have described its head as being kind of like a cat's head. Yeah, or I, a dog's head. Yes, I remember when I when it popped up on my Google search, mm-hmm. there was a picture of a statue of it, and then underneath yeah. it was like many descriptions claim it has a cat or dog's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's a big part of it. But then there was also this period when it was believed to be more like a big frog. <laughs> and just to give a brief kind of like what what where we're at with that cryptid, whether people believe in it or not. The, the closest thing I found to, like, a, a witness of it was an old woman who had seen it in the 30s, I think. And her eyewitness story was, like, really unimpressive because it was just her saying, like, it came up to us. Basically, it looked like a big fish. I could definitely see it just being, <laughs> like, a larger type fish. So she didn't even believe in it. And I feel like that's just... Kind of... <laughs> that's just so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> what they had was that she, they had to- asked her, like, do you think that could have been this large monster? And she was like, well, if there is one, that would have been it. But I don't know. So this is all I have. And I, I didn't find, like, any really fun angle to this. So instead, I went into more kind of theorizing around why there are cryptids in the first place. Okay. And the one one funny article that I read by John Acorn, who is a researcher, entomologist... But he's also a broadcaster, writer, and author author of 15 books. And I, I could tell in, in his text, he's, he's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. But he wrote an article called Why Are There No Cryptozoological Insects? And cryptozoology... Oh, good question. ...is kind of the, the, the science or pseudoscience, if you may, about these cryptids. And he kind of writes about how... A lot of the stories about these cryptids, or a lot of the cryptids that people describe, have a clear bias towards being larger mammals. Mm-hmm. And he suggests that this co- kind of shows the lack of robust knowledge about how ecosystems work that kind of sits deep in these 
in these stories. And his argument is that when we talk about evolution, he says that there is a, there seems to be a big connection between this clear bias towards mammals and like larger mammals is, is a clear evidence that these people who see these cryptids, they're kind of using a simplified understanding of evolution when they're describing the world. And he says that when we talk about how the world was created, like in school, because this is basically referring to people who, you know, don't study us as like, are you like technically a biologist, by the way? No, I I did study biology, but I was really bad at it. Okay. But I It was my minor, which doesn't really mean a lot. Okay. How many like credits do you have to have? Or like how many? I, I've taken a lot of biology classes. Yeah, I feel like... I know a little bit about biology. But how about, like, uh, ecology? I know the basics. Okay, okay. But let's see if you can if you can kind of agree with this okay. from more of an expert opinion. If I disagree with John Acorn. Yeah, exactly. And then we can have a really fun debate if he comes on the show. But he suggests that when we talk about evolution in, like, in school... Um, like elementary school and maybe high school as well. We tend to use this kind of simplified met- metaphor of evolution as kind of a story of of progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this story, it's not necessarily about like things becoming better, but it's more the fact that you start with these single cell. You kind of like set the stage for the story with these one cell organisms. Mm-hmm. So you have like life starts, and then you have kind of life in water, and then life moves on onto land and like these small creatures insects grow bigger and more sophisticated and plants that we see as maybe less sophisticated are kind of relegated to the background while mammals enter the stage and they kind of take a hold of the of what we focus on when we talk about evolution and i understand it's not necessarily always the case but this is john acorn speaking through me so no i i agree i agree with that a lot i also i feel like Evolution's really taught as, like, a means to an end mm-hmm. and not, like, a chaotic ongoing process. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, one thing he, he like, mentions is that we don't... We, we tend to not talk about the fact that, like, insects, for example, will also have an ongoing process of evolution. Yeah. Because, like you say, it's a process. It's not, like, a... It's not a beginning and an end. And, like, when things reach their end point, they're kind of, like, set in that motion... In that place... It's like constantly happening and it's just kind of adapting and like reconfiguring whole ecosystems rather than like just becoming the better version of itself. And then. And like it's not even always the better version, it's just the version that survives better. And so I don't know, I feel like there could be much cooler versions that die off because they mm-hmm. yeah and yeah exactly it's yeah. it's not about like being better it's more like the the best fit for that specific condition which might change instantly and then you're no longer mm-hmm. the best best fit and like yeah it's very random and very like yeah like you said chaotic mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of tend to lose out on that because evolution is not this story of greater and greater success and bigger and bigger mammals but instead this the kind of constant change and trial and error and john is suggesting that we're 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 um exposing our ignorance when we mm-hmm. only see cryptids as these like kind of because they tend to be big tend to be bigger than than the, the animals uh, that we have right now and they tend to be you know this kind of weird combinations of creatures mothman is an insect cryptid but he's man-sized he's man-sized yeah, yeah. so but that's true he does fall into the in the insect category so maybe this is the first this is a good headline for this mm-hmm. for this email that we're sending to John. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Acorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry for being too I just <laughs> informal with him. No, you left out the best part of his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But this is just... I mean, John is basically... Or Mr. Acorn is basically <laughs> just trying to put a critical eye to this whole cryptid thing and mm-hmm. say, like, if we actually... If cryptids were actually a thing, how come there are no cryptid ladybugs combinations Mm -hmm. but like you said the mothman is but there's also like there's just so many insects it'd be hard to come (laughs) up with like a new one (laughs) like it's gotta already exist somewhere yeah but like i mean honestly the the one you were the moth you were talking about the Mm -hmm. death was it called the death head yeah moth that's as close to a cryptid as you can get yeah i feel like but still have like it's 
it's out there eating it's good poison. Com- yeah. And then it, it grows up and then it's, it's like, okay, I, I did my time eating poison. Now I'm going to eat honey mm-hmm. and scream. <laughs> yeah. And like have that like little symbol on mm-hmm. you that looks like a skull. It's, great. it's great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is one perspective from Mr. Acorn. Mm-hmm. Dr. Acorn, Dr. I should probably say. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Apologies, Dr. Acorn. <laughs> Dragging his name in the mud. But I also wanted to address another approach to cryptids. That, uh, that is a newfound love from the queer community. Yes. That I found uh, that Levi Horde, which is, who is a researcher on mainly queer kind of themes... I think mainly around kind of internet use, but I'm not going to, sorry to Levi for this, if that was wrong, but I read their piece, An Unknowable Wildness. But Levi writes about cryptids as a kind of thing that's been picked up by the queer community, like Sasquatch. Is Sasquatch the same as Bigfoot? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just another word. Uh, but also the Loch Ness Monster, have kind of been claimed by some queer communities. They have uh, been, yeah. And referred to, yeah, as cryptid culture. There's this kind of, I think, logical link to be drawn between queer folks and these mystical creatures who exist on the margins of biological understanding, mm-hmm. which is like to the point of being mythical. And it becomes this kind of, yeah, well-functioning allegory for their own identity being someone who whose very existence is debated and who is maybe often described as unnatural or even dangerous uh-huh. uh, Horde especially writes about how the uncertainty that, that surrounds these cryptids is reflected in how queer people fall out of given categories and classifications but also this fact that they are fluid in their expression mm-hmm. and I think that was an interesting connection to this Storfro Ujuret which was first classified as this big snake but then as a frog and then as a kind of having a cat head and mm-hmm. then as a dog head and I think not speaking from experience but the queer perspective might be that you that you identify with having like kind of this shifting fluid and never fully tangible nature your identity but then also i think what makes an interesting reflection around how using cryptids as as a figure that uh that kind of like works as a metaphor for you it aligns well with neoliberal models of queer and transgressive exceptionalism Uh and they write about how this specific allegory becomes relevant when queer culture clashes with this neoliberal these neoliberal values which put a lot of focus on and celebrate the uniqueness of the individual. So being one of a kind is very highly valued hmm. in, in our time. And you could say that for like a lot of us, that we want to stand out and be really cool and special and quirky and say that like I am, I am unique in who I am. Uh, but I think, and this is just me kind of trying to interpret what they're writing, but I think especially for queer people, it might be it might not feel as an option to just fit into what everyone else is doing. So you're kind of left with the only option of trying to embrace and celebrate the uniqueness of yourself. And then this, uh, so challenging norms and being your own unique self becomes a really big part of like how you can find yourself. The, the metaphor of the cryptid as something extraordinary and unique becomes very like, just, just a... Yeah. A nice way to understand yourself like I'm something that some people might not understand and I'm like but I'm I exist in 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 this I exist nonetheless maybe and I think that was an interesting interesting take on it and I don't really have a I don't really have a closing statement that is an interesting take on it so she because like I've, I've seen the um the connection but I've not understood the possible explanation for it so uh, where have you seen it I'm in a lot of a lot of cryptid I run in some cryptid circles. <laughs> no, like, I feel like I've seen people tweeting about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then, again, also, Levi Horde suggests that this might be a passing phase, that, that the cryptid culture movement might be kind of short-lived and, and followed by something else. But right now, it's a thing. I think I've, what I think is interesting about it is this, like, one-of-a-kindness or, like, extraordinary feature, mm-hmm. like, makes the cryptid a better, like, symbol or allegory or metaphor than for example just like being an undiscovered species yeah if that makes sense like like it's just one of of me it's not like something Mm -hmm. that that is just i feel like the the general population's consensus 
about the Bigfoots especially, the big feet, mm-hmm. if you will, is that there's just, like, the, the one guy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of actual cryptozoologists think of the the big the bigfoot as like plural there's a whole a whole species mm-hmm. of them so i listened to this podcast about bigfoot there was this really interesting moment of it where she reads this journal describing how there's this this big hairy mammal that's mm-hmm. almost it's got like a lot of human like features but it's it's like not quite a human it's covered in hair and the locals know about it the locals talk about it but it's not really believed outside of that area. And then she reveals that the journal was of the guy that discovered gorillas. So there was, a gor- like, there were gorillas, but everyone thought they were, like, myths. They thought they weren't real. And then he went mm-hmm. and he discovered that they were real, even though the, the natives had been talking about them for years. And especially yeah. in America, a lot of the cryptids can be traced back to, like, Native Americans. Uh-huh. And so I wonder if there's this, like, this imbalance of, like, pop culture cryptids are these unique things, Mm -hmm. but cryptozoologists see them as something completely different. And, like, I don't think that cryptozoologists talk a lot about, like, the Mothman-style cryptids. No. It's, It's more of, like, these ones that can be more pluralized. Yeah, so they're they're in a way making it more into like a, a realistic possibility that they could exist. Because I mean, the Mothman to have something. I mean, I guess the Mothman didn't live for that long. I mean, unless he came back for like nine eleven. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that could be that could be another guy. Yeah, that's just there could, the same there species. There could be Mothman, yeah. But I feel like the Loch Ness monster, for example, it feels like. The idea behind it is that it's the same creature that's just lived for eternity, basically. And that's maybe a cryptozoologist would try to explain it in another way. That there's a big mm-hmm. uh, group of them, a family, maybe. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's a, a meeting between kind of scientific methods, I think. And like you were talking about like folklore and more yeah. indigenous ways of talking about phenomena that we might not have discovered mm-hmm. yet. I feel like it's also interesting because I I live in a very Sasquatchy place. Yeah. And I also, I live next to this, there's like a really big fault line right off the coast of Oregon and Washington. And there's this whole history of like, when white settlers came here, they found all these like forests that are like kind of out in the ocean and they're dead, but they clearly used to be like big old forests. Yeah. And they thought that was super weird. And they couldn't figure out why that was happening. And there's also in Japan, there's like way back in history. But there's... I think I know this. That I listened to the podcast. Yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah. You did the listen to the podcast. The one you recommend. Yes. Me. That was so cool. I told so many people about that. It's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, they there's basically this whole history of we found out that there's this big fault line that could kill everyone in the Pacific Northwest, like, any day now, it's, like, way due to erupt, and no one's here, no one here is prepared for it, and no one's retrofitting, Mm -hmm. but, like, the Native Americans, they knew about it for much longer than we did, and no one listened to them, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it almost, I think, is related that there's, like, this big secret about the Pacific Northwest known by the Native Americans, Mm -hmm. and then we also have so many, like, Sasquatch sightings here, and I feel like that's another oh. another thing of, like, cryptids in the U.S. often relate back to Native American legends and yeah, yeah. things like that. I don't know. I think, I think Bigfoot is out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. I... I... No, I, I don't. I think he's dead. He was here, but now he's... He was uh, here, but now he's dead. Similar to Jesus, he... He yes. passed. He walked the earth, but then... He walked the earth. Actually, I was going to compare Bigfoot to the um, the hobbits they found in New Zealand. Is that an actual thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had... they had New Zealand had a cryptid that were like little hobbits. It might not have been New Zealand. I feel like it was, though. And then they um, they found their bodies in caves. And, like, the everyone was like, yeah, there, there used to be hobbits living up in those caves, and we left them alone, and we don't see them anymore. And then they found actual bodies of these, like, hobbits in the caves. What? (laughs) 
This is a real thing. This happened. Isn't it? Oh, but it's not from like when they recorded the Lord of the Rings movies there. No, no. Unrelated hobbits. Also, what are you wearing? Is that a skirt? No, it's just a blanket. It's just a blanket. I'm... It looked so extremely high fashion if it would have been a skirt. No, I'm, I'm wearing the clothes I slept in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I missed out on an opportunity to, to do research on foreign cryptids from other countries. Because I feel like the Swedish one was, it was a lame one. But if I, if I ever run into someone, we can do, we can do another cryptid episode, I think. There's more to be said. There's, there's a lot to be said, yeah. And I think it, it ties well into our subject about witches. Maybe. Actually, I take that back. Well, I mean, it's something about, like, other types of knowledge and how It ties you... into our abortion episode. <laughs> it ties into our abortion episode perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone understands that. Based on... Okay. Have we, have, we figured, have we figured this out? Yeah, I think we have cryptids figured out. For um, now. We might, for now. We might come back to them. Exactly. We have to leave an, an ounce of mystery. All right. Uh, to wrap up, do you have any like book recommendations or any other type of recommendation? I have a movie recommendation, yeah. Um, I went to a pajama party at my friend's house last weekend. Like Right after we recorded, I took a nap and then I... I cleaned a little bit, and then I put on fresh pajamas <laughs> and went to a pajama party. Your life is so and, much cooler uh, than mine. She... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> pajama parties um, feel so in right now. I know. I was so happy to yeah. get invited to a pajama party. I was like, That's oh, perfect. Do you also have really fancy pajamas? <laughs> no, I, I went to Target, and I bought mm, new pajamas solid. just for the party. I would have done the same. Because, like, I have, I have, like, three sets of pajama sets but they're they're shorts mm, and like yeah. crop tops but i i wasn't comfortable in my current state wearing that to a pajama party <laughs> so yeah, i went and bought yeah. long pants <laughs> I, I i understand but she um she made me watch one of her favorite actually it was like we watched three out of five of these this series of movies but i want to recommend the first one specifically it's called the blackwell ghost have you seen it no have never heard of it it's like a it's like a documentary of this guy trying to prove that ghosts are real. Okay. And I was so impressed by it because it's so funny, but it's also like, it's just really well done in that I'm a big fan of like classic horror movies and it has mm-hmm. a lot of these, like th- this, th- what the things the ghost does, spoiler alert, there is a ghost, <laughs> <laughs> but the things the ghost does are like so perfectly spooky in a way that I feel like modern horror movies tend to like overdo it with like yeah. jump scares. Like this was just like so creepy and it was so well done. It, it reminded me a lot of um, the Blair Witch Project. So <laughs> yeah, I recommend that. Yeah. Okay, nice. The Blackwell Ghost series, especially the first one. Okay. What, what happened in the other ones where they like, they lost the, um, it, the mystery? It, it gets a little... The second one, especially, some chairs fall over in a way where I was like, this is, you, you've lost it. The third one, it comes back a little bit, but I really, I think the, the first one has, is his best work. Okay, okay, good. I probably won't watch it because I don't like horror movies. But our, our listeners might. It's not that, okay, if you watch it in the daytime, it's not scary. Yeah, yeah. It's just, okay. it's really fun. I recommend it. I laughed all through it. <laughs> and the, the guy's wife is like prominently featured and she is so funny in a way where I don't think she's trying to be like he goes in to say something to her he just like walks in the room and says her name and she goes she's sitting on the couch she goes what <laughs> he's like okay I'm, I'm gonna go down into like the ghost zone he's like if, if you hear me screaming call 911 and she's like why would I call 911 what's down there <laughs> she's so funny <laughs> Okay, this was a better pitch for me personally. <laughs> I don't know how other people fall. Um, there's some there's some creepiness, but it's not it's not very scary. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's like Exorcist creepy, not like um like uh, the Conjuring creepy. Okay, th- these are all references that make no <laughs> sense to me because I've never watched horror movies. The, I can't believe that it's such a big part of like me. I think, <laughs> but I feel like you and I are are opposites of, of the same type of person where I am like much more frightened of things. 
<laughs> I am too, but I <laughs> I read a, an article that like people who have high anxiety yeah. tend to gravitate towards like fake scares, like horror movies. Oh. And I was like, that checks. That makes sense. <laughs> My recommendation for for uh, for our listeners is that I or I don't know a recommendation with a disclaimer. I watched the new movie Dune mainly because my boyfriend wanted to. I watched it because Tim Timothy uh, is in it. I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Oh okay yes Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, and um, it was okay I would say, but I want people to watch it and I want you to imagine other music. Because right now it's Hans Zimmer, I think, which is like this kind of like very classic uh, mm-hmm. movie score uh, maker. And it's just boring. It's like very ominous, om- ominous, dark tone. Like it's it's just, uh, it's bland. But I imagine if you would take the same movie, same cuts, and you just add like cool space music or like techno or like for that sake eerie child singing it could Wait, work have you have you seen the movie um how is it copenhagen where he dates the the little girl well he like doesn't no. like, hang out with this girl and she's like a teenager he finds out this sounds like a horror movie it's not it's he like discovers himself but he also like problematically is attracted oh. to this child is it garden state no she, it's just that's no, just natalie Port- copenhagen yes it is copenhagen because they go to that that little um statue in Copenhagen that's famous oh yeah and you were like no it's not worth it let's just go get drunk (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) there's a scene where she does karaoke to this like really ethereal song yeah and like she's a teen obviously yeah that's a a main part of the movie but she's like really like not sexual but just like gorgeous and ethereal and she's like dancing to this song and doing karaoke and it's really it's an incredible scene but I want that song to be an Every single movie I watch. I will try to re-watch Dune and have that song playing in <laughs> headphones in the theater. But like, I, I legitimately, I want people to send me suggestions for, for songs that could be played as the soundtrack for this movie. Because I think it could, it could really elevate the, the text. No, you can't say that. Yes. But the... you need to go to bed, but I, I won't stop talking because I also <laughs> thought of something else I want to tell you. Which is, um, so I famously don't like movies. <laughs> um, I, I like horror movies and I like, like, films. <laughs> Ooh. Um, like things where people are like, this is the most boring thing I've seen in my entire life. Okay. I'm like, yes, this is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Examples. But I, um, I like media that's difficult, I would say. Mm. But my, my dad recommended that I watch Dog Star Man. Okay. So I, I never got around to it because I, I, I don't watch a lot of movies. I went, I found it on YouTube and it's like, there's not a lot of sound in this movie. It's a lot of just dead silence. Like there's no score. And the, the entire comment section is exactly what you're describing. People were like, oh man, play this with like the wall playing in the background. Or, like all, this, <laughs> all these people were like suggesting music. And then someone was just like losing their shit. Like, you guys don't get the point of this fucking movie. Like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm hoping for that kind of reaction to this. <laughs> like, the music was the essential part of the film. Yeah, I want to be canceled for this opinion. We're going to get canceled eventually. Yeah. No. 100%. But that's my recommendation. Watch the movie, but bring your own head, like soundtrack. Yeah. Pop in some AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>